Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Ghost in the Magazine. I'm Steph. And I'm Elle. And this week's movie is Noroi? Yeah, I think it's Noroi the Curse, yeah. Noroi the Curse. So I, this movie is cursed. I really genuinely feel like it it has this uh, aura of being something that you're not supposed to be watching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was long, two hours. Yeah, I know. This is honestly one of my favorite movies. And uh, I feel it breaks all my goddamn rules. It's too long, but it's very well edited. There's not a point where I think that they can take stuff out because it's all important to the story. No. It's there's violence against children, violence against animals. I have you have to see mutilated dogs. It's like it breaks every rule. Yeah. It breaks every rule, but there are good storytelling reasons for them. And it's not just doing it cheaply in a way to elicit an emotional reaction from you, which is why I like it genuinely builds these characters up too. Cause I am like rooting for uh my boy, Mr. Hori here, Kobayashi. Yeah, he is, yeah. Mr. Kobayashi like takes people into his home and brings them like it's entirely reasonable to me in the end when he adopts the kid that they find because he brought Marika into his home and had his wife to like care for her and his wife genuinely cared for her. Just the 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 sense of community in this movie and how the Kobayashi, who was just the journalist, got so invested in everyone's lives and trying to fix this for them was just like, it made you invest in him as well. And so it was really heartbreaking in the end when everyone pretty much gets fucked up. Yeah. And also like listening to you talk about it, I appreciate the sense of community too, but I feel like a super asshole because my first instinct when he picked the kid up was, I'm not taking a creepy kid into my yeah. into my house i'm not doing it i'm I not mean, i get it yeah same but also like it makes so much sense with the consistency of that mm-hmm. character that he would do that he would take that responsibility because that's who he is he's mm-hmm. taken responsibility for like everyone he's encountered along the way and i feel like he's polling for everyone and it makes him such a likable character because a lot of times mm-hmm. these movies, they have terrible things happen to people and I'm not invested in them. So they don't affect me the same way. This movie wrecks me emotionally because I'm invested in these characters and I love every single one of them. Uh, like seeing my boy in the fucking uh, vent at the end, like the the death scene that they have in the newspaper is like heartbreaking. Him crying over Kana. Mm. Oh my God. And usually I'd be a like lot. a grown man being friends with a little kid. That's fucking creepy. But it's not. It's pure. Like it's he's legitimately just pulling for another psychic that he's terrified. Is yeah. Because get- that's the thing. Like he knows exactly like her struggle and being different. This man is clothed head to toe in aluminum <laughs> foil. Yeah. Okay. His house lined with aluminum foil. So the ectoplasm worms don't get him. And mm-hmm. um, he's like constantly haunted by that. Like I can't imagine the kind of like mental turmoil that he's in twenty four seven. He's always shaking. You know, he he writes all mm-hmm. these things that are all over the wall. Walls, yeah. And he's like, I can't, I can't let a baby 
go out like this. Yeah. Not on my watch. They're it's, all just ugh. genuinely good people, and then when terrible things happen to them, it's heart wrenching, and that's that's the thing. That's why it's so effective, and the story is so good too. Like the lore. They've got this lore down. And I mean, some of it doesn't make sense, but I think a lot of that can be explained by, like, we don't know exactly how Kana gets pulled in. We don't, like, Marika goes to a different shrine that doesn't have anything to do with the Mr. Tuba's shrine. Uh, Mr. But Tuba. I'm not calling him by his name because... No, we don't do that here. The thing about this is, is more than any other movie that we see, this actually sets it up to be like more like an egregore because it's a Western sorcerer that brings this in. And he's actually his name means tool in like the 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 symbols. I think it's the Hiragana symbols. One of the one of them that makes up his name is Tool, which that mm-hmm. sounds like either a servitor or egregore, which is a thought form. And then you see that in the storytelling because there's this whole cult around them that has all these dogs and these things. That's what keeps something like that alive is all those people believing in it and Mm -hmm. feeding that energy into it. It's like, lore-wise, it's so consistent and it's so good. And also it makes sense that they would put a Shinto shrine on top of a place where they put this Western demon down into because it's going to protect it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also like the tables being turned on us for once because there's a whole thread of occultism that's like Orientalism and like just othering like Shintoism and like all of their beliefs and stuff. And so it's just like this Western demon that these Western sorcerers bring in. I appreciate that. I like those tables being turned. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every time I watch like uh, um, an Asian horror film, it becomes like your new favorite. (laughs) And I think... That says a lot about where they dare to go in their yes. horror movies as opposed to American horror movies that literally remake the same shit over and over and over again. They use the same so, set of rules over yeah. and over and over. And sometimes they leave some of that shit out. And I'm like, you're being lazy at this point. You're yes. not even trying. You're not even fucking trying. Do better. The the lore is so good. And it's, again, like, it's consistent with, like, occult thought. It's it, And it's consistent with the storytelling. It does funny things, like, kind of turning tropes on their heads, like the Eastern-Western thing. I love it. Um, and, and it's, the way that the story is woven through this documentary is actually mm-hmm. interesting. And the only thing I really have to compare it to is, like, Lake Mungo, which was documentary style. And that movie was a pile of shit. <laughs> it is. And I hate, you know what I hate? I hate so much that it comes up all the time as like a super good, like found footage movie. No, it's, no. it's it's not the most, like the craziest part is that she was fucking her neighbors and she was underage. That's crazy. Yeah. And that there's video of it. That has nothing to do with like anything. Yeah. This, in my opinion, best found footage creeps second for me. But this is <laughs> my favorite. And then probably Blair Witch Project, you know, the OG. But this is between, timeline-wise, Blair Witch, which I think was like 99 or something. This is 2006. Like and so this is between them and like Creep and Heidi, which were like 2014. And I know because I just edited the <laughs> Heidi episode again for YouTube. So this is like right smack in the middle of that found footage timeline. I don't know where the VHS ones start coming in. They're probably maybe 
contemporary with this. I think that this does a great job as far as the found footage. I know it's long and I had like out when Al was watching it, she kept messaging me like, I thought it was over. I thought it was over. It does fake you out a few times. I mean, me and my ADHD, we had a good time. Like, um, I I clocked the time before I started because I always do. And I was like, oh, not an hour and a half? Okay, brain. Let's get it together. <laughs> but I didn't struggle. And I watched it, like, first getting up this morning, mm-hmm. drinking last night. <laughs> like you're getting home super late and I I thought it was fine it it keeps it moving and it's just like you're you're really not sure what's going on okay yeah. there was a moment where like my heart plummeted straight into my asshole respectfully uh and I realized that I had no idea what the fuck I was watching and it was not <laughs> like your regular movie and it was when they were talking about this lady who keeps popping up and she's like the possessed daughter of the last person who tried to like contain this Mr. Mr. Tuba. Tuba. (laughs) (laughs) And so like she was the only one who's alive and they're like, yeah, she was possessed and now she's just popping up in all these places. When they said that she, it was her, right? Who was, somebody was in charge of disposing of embryos yeah yeah she was aborted embryos yeah and i literally felt sick because i was like "Mm, she's taking home the dead babies she's taking them home what's happening with the babies and again something like that because i'm very pro-choice and i don't like when like i feel like this is one of those one of those storylines that gives right-wing people like oh well what if somebody took the babies home and did blah 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 with them you know like that kind of thing but it I makes imagine so using sense. that as an argument i know but th- but those you Talking should hear weirdos. the goddamn arguments that they i don't want to have but it makes so much sense with the story because like the original uh ritual that conjured uh mr tuba it involved a monkeys. psychic that ate a bunch of baby monkeys which also it's like humans on the same level as monkeys were just animals like it can substitute out in the magical world which is also another interesting statement it makes like our place in the natural world i there's just so much here it's so i love it it's so good the other thing i want to mention is being found footage and having some shaky camera work i didn't get sick during this one they were very careful with it I, and that's what I'm saying. It can be done. Like, because it did get... I mean, I watch Trailer Park Boys. That's, like, one of my favorite shows. And it's documentary-style shaky camera work and stuff. And I never get motion sickness from it. Like, there's something about Heidi and stuff like that where it's just, like, overly shoddy. Like, the camera work mm-hmm. is just bad. It's not... Do better. You heard her. Right? Do better. I just Do don't want to get sick. <laughs> and that's valid. You should be able to enjoy found footage without being ill already have this to, like... made me ill for another reason i was sweating for this little girl just before you see anything and they talk about the embryos right i immediately was transported to it was like an anime style adaptation of dante's inferno 
mm-hmm. and one of the rings of hell with the um unbaptized babies they were unbaptized Purgatory, baby monsters yeah. attaching attacking this man and it was the craziest fucking thing i've ever seen right but i successfully buried that in the back of my mind and this shit brought it back to the surface and i was like oh that scene know. in the woods is terrifying covered in and and cr- crying embryos yeah covered in them a child covered in crying embryos and you see it through night vision oh my god i'm very affected by sound i have a sensitivity to it but the shot when they're when he freaks out my when my boy hori freaks out here and you start to see these little faces behind steph kind of like glitch into the 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 sound in that oh my god the sound design of that just like made me sick i was, was twitchy it was so good it was so good it was so effective. I know. like i was twitchy i was wrapped in my blanket and i was just like, <laughs> like yes. it's uncomfortable it's they just do such a good job with this throughout and and then the end when it's revealed that the boy is you know mr tuba and it, it shows his face for a moment as mr tuba that was another one where just like your heart stops <laughs> Well, also this this scene with all these little faces where they discover mm-hmm. they they find the little girl she's dead they find this possessed daughter lady she hung herself in mm-hmm. this nasty room covered with these Mr. Tuba faces covered with these these weird knotted ropes all over the place and dead pigeons and i can only imagine how that room smelled and then just this little boy just like chilling in the middle Mm -hmm. of it i don't understand like why there wouldn't be kind of like a red flag because obviously she goes through all of that and she sacrifices herself mr tuba went somewhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is you know just one of many reasons i'm not taking a strange kid home with i understand why he did it he's a good man Mm -hmm. i'm not yeah call the police you take the baby you take Mm -hmm. it respectfully (laughs) i'm traumatized from this Mm -hmm. room and also even if he was just a regular boy he's traumatized he's yeah i'm not equipped to deal with that that whole scene and then like finding kana dead was also sad i really it was i was just hoping because Mm -hmm. of how hard he was you know calling for her like they're gonna save her yeah and i can just i can just imagine like her little psychic powers were televised on tv i can only imagine this bitch stalking her and taking her i also like the way that they because of the documentary style they were able to use experts and they use like different types of experts you have like the professor and then the folklorist and really hori is an expert and uh so they bring in yeah (laughs) and psychic (laughs) psychic and and marika's an, an expert as well to an extent because mm-hmm. she also has psychic powers so yeah like you're able to get like all of these pieces it builds it up so well because you're seeing it through kobayashi's viewpoint as he's trying to like solve the mystery the way that this movie is put together and the way it is executed like even though like i say it crosses all my lines i mm-hmm. still love it and it's also legitimately scary and i don't usually get scared by supernatural stuff but this is legitimately scary i know i know you don't i do (laughs) and i was i was low-key spooked immediately because 
Marika is like really good at being fucking scary. Um, she <laughs> she's really good at it. And every time she would just like, I, I'm a sucker for like those, the home camera sleepwalking shits, like how they do in paranormal activity. It's, it's not, mm. I don't, I don't, I feel like it's well used here. I know she just scares me and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm afraid of that. So <laughs> yeah. I wasn't expecting you know haunted embryos i wasn't it yeah. goes so many places and it's just it's a wild ride i would watch this movie again for sure because i bet like a second time watching it you'll probably pick on some, up on some things that you didn't before especially if you watch it sleepy i do think it's worth it this was the third time i watched it and i would definitely watch it again like i like this nice. movie i legitimately like this movie yeah like i said there's so many places in it where like i want to bristle against it and be like I don't like that it did this, but, but there's a good reason for it. Again, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. That's that's how it is with music and art and everything else. Like if you know you you can have rules and know the rules, but then you have to know how to break the rules the right way, and that's what makes for an interesting story that like gets out goes outside the box. I watched a few different like commentaries on this as well. Like there was one that I watched where. Like, they really couldn't believe that Kobayashi would uh, adopt the kid. And I'm like, really? It is entirely no, consistent with I, his I character. can believe it. It's just that it's not at all what I would do. And maybe exactly. that's what people are struggling with. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, and then there I'm was, not going to do that. There was one that was like, uh, Kobayashi kept pulling Hori into it and he would have survived otherwise. No. He was... I this boy was already seeing the worms, which are were like the th- the symbol that they were all drawing. He was already yeah. in it. So yeah, he's just. I think he's just lasted longer because mm-hmm. you know he's an expert in aluminum foil. But I genuinely mm-hmm. think that stuff can only keep you safe for so long. And he knew that too. That's why he was like so paranoid. Of why he ultimately knew wh- exactly where the demon was and was the one that attacked the boy. But you know too little too late at that point it's just like kana said early on in the movie we're all already dead aren't we oh god she, she did right. say that he yeah. needed a bigger rock i guess yeah that's so bad he needed a, an equally haunted rock even junko uh the the possessed woman scary as fuck like, it was a scary bitch yes yeah. i just feel like oh my gosh everything was so convincing like the actors yeah. in this are so good no, I agree. She was so scary. She reminded me of like a um this puppet from the Dark Crystal. She yeah. was just ag- <laughs> aggressive. She was really scary. Yes, and she was her aggression was really off-putting too. Why do you mm-hmm. talk to me like that? You know, she's just right. like, "How dare you talk to me?" And it's because I'm pretty sure like at that point she was like pretty much at least like 50% possessed by this thing. At and least it was 50% actually probably demon. <laughs> Mr. Tuba talking through her, like, how dare you address Mr. Tuba in such a? Yes, I can't a imagine. Like, I'm a I'm a reporter. Okay, I'm trying to get to the bottom of some shit. I have no idea this bitch is half possessed, and I just knock on her door, and she's like, <laughs> "Yeah, piss my pants." <laughs> exactly, and he's just like, "No, I'm gonna keep going." Like, no. Valid criticism that, like, most people would watch this and be like, I would have given up a long time ago. But that's kind of what makes him such a compelling character because he's so invested in it. He is just in all the way. He wants to save everyone. He's sure he can get to the bottom of it. And that's his downfall. He wants to make everything right. I texted you this earlier. 
that I think the hardest thing about this movie is it's easy for me to convince that people are evil and can do evil things to each other. And that's why like a lot of those movies turn me off. But this movie is full of good people trying to do the right thing to protect each other and save each other. And they still are overcome by the evil force in the end. And that yep. is heartbreaking. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's um scary. Yeah. And you know, I feel like I can't really say that about most of the movies that we cover, that they actually fucking scared me. I think maybe the last one that scared me was the sadness. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the well, the sadness, I don't know if I was scared as much as I was, like, super unsettled. Which I was scared. Like, because... so unsettled that I was afraid because of the baby. Okay, yeah, I think that for me it was like such a gross, there's like such a gross out element to the sadness that it kind of Mm. like took me out of, this one, it doesn't show you a lot, that's one thing, like it shows you like depictions and symbolism of it, but it doesn't actually show you a lot, and there's like not gore really, until like you see like the dead dogs and and the stuff and the, yeah. Even the dead, even the haunted embryos weren't like. They're not covered Gross. in blood or anything. They're they were just, just terrifying. Yeah. They're just scary. So this movie's really good at like uh building a sense of foreboding that doesn't ever go away, as opposed to being like a jump scare. Yeah. That's another thing like that I think somebody mentioned in one of the commentaries that I watched last night was like that there are like no jump scares really in this movie, effectively. Which is rare for found footage because found footage kind of like lives on the jump scare. There's a little one. Is there? Yes. When Marika has her friend over and she's like, you want hot sauce? I'll go get it for you. And the camera pans up and she's just like, and then the pigeons start hitting the window. Um, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. You're right. The pigeons were kind of jarring. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not, you know, that who that that scene is actually uh, Keiko uh, Kobayashi's wife, who is like again so fucking gutted when uh, yeah. that happens to Marika. Like th- their investment in each other, just as people like in the same community that get drawn together by this supernatural force, is so compelling to me. Yeah. Like on top of it, like an old man reporter taking in a young actress in western culture and like most western movies there's gonna be a sexual undertone to that that's uncomfortable it's giving michael curry and dr taylor yeah but this manages again there's like so much just like care for other people that's not creepy and i Mm -hmm. love that about it yeah i i would love to see more of that because like Mm -hmm. i think i was listening to nights of badass sim recently and i'm just like how excited I was that the girl, the one girl and Jason Stackhouse still end up together in the end because I'm like, there can be immense community bonding and like looking out for one another without fucking. Yes, especially Sense. when it's like a lot of these movies that have these horror elements to it, it ends up being built on a trauma bond, which is like a yeah. very like, to- actually kind of a toxic way to build like, especially a romantic relationship without like processing all of that first. I don't know. I I feel like this like depicts like a really healthy sense of community and it and like a village. That, yeah. And because of that it it gives it so much higher stakes and it's so mm-hmm. much harder when things go bad, which they were 
they go bad they start bad and keep going they didn't stand bad. a chance they no didn't they didn't chance against the foreboding they didn't that shit was coming after them like the fucking gloom and tears of the kingdom i'm sorry i'm traumatized by this game <laughs> this is one and again you're right i think that every time we watch something i end up falling in love with it but this one yeah. i actually watched on my own and threw it in here because i really wanted to talk about it with everyone uh because this was just when the first time Good. i watched it it hit me so hard i was like especially because like i say it breaks my rules and so yeah. the fact that it breaks my rules and it and it still manages to like engage me emotionally so hard i i love yeah. when something like it's almost like it's operating out of spite like bitch i see your rule and that's like literally your thing that's yep. exactly your thing and what's it funny is that if i had ho ho the turntables yeah but it's funny is that if i had seen this movie on my own i wouldn't have suggested it to you because of all the dead babies and all the dead dogs and all the dead yeah. birds i don't like any of that and i don't <laughs> like i don't like the way connor dies i don't like any no. of that like oh, I it's also that. terrifying to me and it's also heart-wrenching but again it's not like it's not like Heidi where like there was no like reason storytelling wise for them to kill Kuja. No, there's nothing. No. There's, there's no reason just for it. Live to be an old beautiful dog. Like just kill mm -hmm. just kill the shitty teens. Like just yeah. do that. It sounds so callous, but it's like when you fuck around, you gotta find out. So Period. Like, Those are the rules. This one for me, it's like four and a half chuds at least if not five like it's not i, I don't want to give anything like a perfect five chuds because like i'm sure it. i'm gonna find something that i love more eventually you're like, allowed to always have, you're allowed to have more than one movie that's a five out of five chuds. yeah i don't know I'm this is to... this is really <laughs> close to five chuds for me this is one of this is one of my faves i would put it up there like the wailing Again, which is another one that I watched it and I fell in love immediately. Again, the lore, the storytelling, it's so engaging. Yeah. I just, like, thought about why it's so effective, like, the, sh the Shinto background. And, like, I was thinking about it. it. And at first I thought, well, maybe it's because I don't understand the tradition as well. But what it is is, like, there's there's a thing to to this this tradition that is so micro. You can have, like, somebody that is, like, the patron of that this tiny village and we're looking at like thousands of years of history back and these shrines can be abandoned and you never know like even if you were part of that culture you can still have no idea the way that that entity operates that that you know that patron of that specific village so it's not just like new to to us as westerners it's new to the characters as well and so that's what makes it so terrifying is every time you're operating on an entirely unknown set of rules because every single thing can be so uh, tamped down to this tiny area that maybe even got abandoned and everybody that ever knew anything about it is gone. Just like this place gets put underneath the water because of the dam. You're freaking me out. <laughs> it's such like, a it's such a good storytelling mechanism though it's perfect it's perfect for horror it is perfect for horror but like lingering forever because like this shit is just still out there and like imagine you needed the fucking um 
a stick card from this knife that only this little old old guy has and then he died and he didn't have any fucking children and nobody wrote it down and so this thing is just gonna float around forever and you can't do anything about it <gasps> yep. and i also think it probably gets a little bit it, it probably speaks a little bit to like that uh fear of change and fear of losing tradition and stuff yeah it's like the nation becomes more like you know out in the open and like interacting with other cultures and stuff so it probably like really has a place in like their in like the psyche of japanese cinema and stuff as well so i feel like there's just it's so effective it's so good and like as as a westerner watching them because there's like a whole genre of movies that are around this that i watched a bunch of 70s movies from japan that are all based around like different shinto shrines and like different problems that these entities cause they're so good they're every single one of them is so good because it's just again they can build an entire new mythos around every single thing because they're so uh localized i just i love it it's my favorite thing for like five minutes moral of the story write that shit down mm-hmm. give it to your kids teach other people's kids definitely pass down your traditions like it's good to be open to everything and like learn as much as you can but definitely honor your own traditions and your own ancestors and like what people that came before you did what was that was that on your end yeah that was the thunder <laughs> that was the thunder I told you it's getting closer, man. Damn. It sounded like the somebody s- touching a microphone. No. The spookiest setting to record a spooky episode of A Ghost in the Magazine. <laughs> How many times did you give it? Honestly, I gave it like four. Yay! I gave it, it like four. It was it was good. Like mm-hmm. I can't argue with that. It's just that I like I was deeply unsettled when it was over and I just sat on the edge of my bed for a little while. And that's good because <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) I'm really looking for that because I feel like it's so rare. I'm not like really ever or often dazzled or like shook up, you know, by stuff that's not like Catholic possession. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very rare for me. So, well, you can find this podcast on the interwebs at ghostinthemagazine.site or on Twitter at GITM Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Witch X Pudding. And you can find me at Nocturnical. Okay, bye!